Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Neighborhood Podcast. One of the hosts of the podcast. My name is Kyle Dabro. What's going on, everybody? Kevin Valentin here. Good morning. Happy Monday by the time you guys hear and see this. Kyle, my boy, how was your first Sunday with uh, not any football? It was very depressing, Kevin. I had to go to work, but just having no football on Sundays, it just it feels off. Just it, it doesn't feel right. Something but I know missing. eventually, yeah, it's like it's like a void in my heart. It's like it's like there's this giant hole, and unfortunately, it's not going to be another seven months until we get football back. But hopefully, it comes back sooner rather than later. Because, you know, time will fly by the time that we get there. So I just hope that it gets here quicker before we know it. But yeah. that doesn't mean we don't have content to go over. We got plenty of it. So you ready to dive into these topics? Sir, yes, sir. All right. So really the big focus of the weekend is the NBA All-Star festivities. Uh, they took place in Cleveland. As you can tell by Kevin's facial expression, he seems uh, he seems pretty enthused by what took place in Cleveland with the NBA this past weekend, but uh, we'll dive a little bit into the all-star game, the dunk contest and the other related all-star festivities. Um, it's going to be a fun topic of discussion to say the least. So that'll definitely be a good one when we get to it. After that, we're actually going to talk about college basketball. This is the first time that I think that we've talked about college basketball the entire season so far. And this is before March madness, but that's probably definitely something that we'll focus on when we get there. Uh, but we had quite a situation take place on Sunday between Wisconsin and Michigan where there was a little bit of a scrum between the coaching staffs of Michigan and Wisconsin. And Juwan Howard, I'm not going to say he punched one of the assistants, but definitely threw an open hand at one of the assistants after the game had come to an end when both teams were shaking hands post-game. So that'll be something interesting when we get to that. After that, We'll talk about a proposed idea from Chris Broussard about a possible Anthony Davis with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo trade. It looks absolutely ridiculous on face value, but it's something that Chris Broussard was mentioning this past weekend. So we'll dive into that a little bit. After that, we'll transition into the NFL. So Kevin, we do have some NFL topics to go over. So it's not, you know, no NFL whatsoever. So we'll definitely have some things to talk about. I will talk about Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of speculation that we've got some teams interested in him. Those teams in particular are the Buccaneers and the Vikings. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how this whole Deshaun Watson scenario plays out because he still has his pending legal cases. I think he has damn near like two dozen women accusing him of sexual misconduct. There really hasn't been any movement on that case, but 
I imagine that'll be a fun topic of discussion when we get to it. And then the last topic of discussion that we have is a Tom Brady one. There's been a lot of rumors circulating that Tom is not finished with his NFL career. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumors circulating about him possibly going to the San Francisco 49ers. This has really been kind of pushed by Mike Florio saying that it's basically like undeniable that this is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. So I know Kevin has a uh, Kevin has a big heart for Tom Brady. And seeing oh, him man. back on the field for his 23rd year, I imagine that just gets Kev all fired up. So that'll definitely be a fun topic of discussion. I'm going to have a great Burning. time with that one. I mean, I'm going to be ready for that one. You know, yeah. I get to see Tom at the field one more time. Bro, don't be surprised I fly to California. Or if he comes to Tampa, bro. I wouldn't be Go mad away. about that at all. So Start the damn but, episode. <laughs> damn, you, you won't even let me have my moment, will you? Hell no, you about to have your whole moment in the segment. I ain't gonna worry about it now. Never question that man. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. question that man. Yeah, He's yeah. the goat. Forty five years old, old as hell, still getting it done, bro. But no, Kevin's right. We'll uh we'll dive into the NBA All Star festivities that took place in Cleveland this weekend. Kevin, I think we I could speak for the both both of us here. The All Star festivities were pretty underwhelming. Um, the dunk contest was abhorrent. It was an absolute shit show. Even Dwayne Wade commented saying that that slam dunk contest, he would have given it a 6 out of 10 overall. Uh, the skills competition was a nightmare. Really probably the only standout was maybe the three-point challenge that Carl Anthony Towns won, which is kind of crazy knowing a big man actually won that competition. Uh, the All-Star game was pretty much no defense. Um, Steph Curry did drop 50 points. He did win All-Star MVPs. I think he knocked down, was it 16 threes? 16 threes. I will give him credit. That's a lot of threes to knock down, but when there's there's no defense in front of you, a guy like that should probably hit at least 10 with no coverage in front of him. So, I mean, good on Steph. He got 50. I'll give him that. But, I mean, overall, you know, we kind of knew this going in that the All-Star game was going to be kind of a dud. The All-Star facilities ended up being duds overall. But, Kevin, I have to ask you, just what was your overall impression of the NBA All-Star festivities in Cleveland this past weekend? Bro, I thought it was trash. It's like we talked about the Pro Bowl being crap. I mean, we talked about a lot of the All-Star game festivities for both sports being crappy. But, I mean, Kyle and I were talking about this before the episode had started. And in my opinion, it really does seem like nowadays generation seems like they're too good to partake in these activities. Nowadays, it feels like, they believe that there are different tiers and almost like an NBA society where they're too good to participate in these children's games. Now, I'm not disrespecting the people that are actually partaking in the activity because at the end of the day, you are still taking the risk of injury. Granted, they're for fun. That shouldn't really be anything of mass consequence. But at the end of the day, I understand and I respect that you're an athlete. There's no reason to get hurt when you still have a whole second half of the season. But in terms of participating in some of the simpler things, the skills challenge, you're not running at a full speed. You're not absorbing any contact. I mean, yeah, you can sprain an ankle or something like that, but no one's really going out there and diving to do anything significant. Uh, and then, of course, the dunk contest, we all know the risk injury there. Three-point shootout, you could put yourself into a slump. Uh, you could get yourself out of a rhythm for people that are in-game shooters as they like to break it down. But, I mean, overall, man, it's just not exciting anymore. It's not really something that we look forward to seeing. I mean, for God's sakes. I should be ecstatic that Cole Anthony went out there and he wore Tim's to dunk a basketball because he's from fucking New York. And 
I was more than less um, excited for that. I was very blah, and I really wanted Cole to win, and Obi Toppin ended up winning. So shout out to Obi, but what did he really win when the competition was pretty crappy? So, I mean, overall, we all know that we used to get excited. Um, obviously, everybody likes to make the comparison of the greatest dunk contest of all time is the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon face-off in 2016, and we haven't had anything relevant since. But, I mean, to be realistic, that was probably the most memorable one just because all of the dunk contests prior to us being born or right as we were just, you know, beginning to understand what sports were, were the best dunk contests of all time. Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, I mean, you name it. There were some great dunk contests in the early 2000s and the late 90s, but to what everything has become now, it's just, it's underwhelming. It's just, I don't, I would not want to waste my Saturday night watching those like I used to when I was in, you know, middle school and high school and when I used to get excited about watching to see who would win. Now it's just like, I mean, like, who cares? It's nothing memorable. So the NBA needs to completely do things over. They need to scrap all of the competitions and, and revamp it all to, to, to me. They need to add a king of the court. But I know that that'll never happen because, dude, it's, it's, you're enticing injury there. That's one-on-one matchups. You have to rigorously play defense back and forth for to claim a title that's completely irrelevant. So I get why that'll never happen. But Man, the NBA All-Star Game, the NFL Pro Bowl, they need to completely either be cut off and just say that you're an All-Star and, you know, get a, a pin, a, a sticker, a, a jersey and hang it up and say you're an All-Star this year or just cut everything altogether because it's it's just not what it used to be and it's actually really depressing. You know, Kevin, <clears throat> I didn't actually really watch any of the All-Star festivities. I really just kind of got the highlights from Twitter as it was ongoing. And when it came to the dunk contest in particular – I watched that on Sunday, like the day after it took place, because that's how underwhelming it was. So overall, Kevin, I'm with you 100%. This past All-Star game was atrocious. It was just, there's no defense being played whatsoever. I mean, when Steph Curry goes out there and scores 50 points, now when you look at the stat line, it's like, wow, that's amazing. He scored 50 points. He knocked down 16 threes. That's an All-Star game record. But there's no defense being played. I mean, at best... Throughout most of the game, you're probably getting 66 to like 75% effort, like two-thirds to three-quarters effort from these guys. And then it may get a little competitive at the end just because, you know, there's a little bit of intensity that goes into it. But by and large, those guys aren't there to, you know, play like aggressive style basketball. That's not what they're going to do. You might have a couple flashy dunks here and there, but overall... The All-Star game is a dud for me. It's not really something that really kind of draws me into the All-Star festivities. The one part that I'm always drawn into is the dunk contest. That's the one standout competition for me because, like Kevin said, there have been great dunk competitions in the past. Vince Carter, for example. Uh, Jason Richardson back in like the mid-2000s. Uh, you had Dwight Howard in the late 2000s and early uh, 2010s. And then really like the biggest one of late was what Kevin mentioned, the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine one in 2016. There have been great dunk contests in the past, but Kevin to, to kind of mention the point about Cole Anthony, when he brought out those Tims and was starting to hit like little dance moves before he even did his dunk, you could pretty much tell where that dunk competition was going to go. And it was underwhelming to say the least. Just, it's just not that good anymore. And a lot of these guys that we want to see in the dunk contest, like some guys like John Morant, like John Morant would be an instant draw for the dunk competition. 
But I don't think he's going to compete in it just because it's like you mentioned, you know, they these guys can go and get injuries in an all-star game or an all-star competition that could potentially screw them up for the second half of the season and they don't think it's worth the risk. But, you know, that's the point of the all-star weekend. We want to see these superstars and these mega NBA stars showcase their skills at the highest level possible when they're all combined in one arena for a weekend. And we're just not getting that anymore. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, I know Obi Toppin won the dunk competition, but his dunk on the final round was not even that impressive. And the only reason why it wasn't impressive was because the guy before him kept missing the dunk attempt over and over and over again. So, I mean, really the one standout to me was probably Carl Anthony Towns with the three-point competition. I think he's like one of like the first big men to ever really win it. I think he scored 29 points outside of Derek. But it's like, you know, you'd have to go damn near 10, 15 years to find something like that. I mean, you know, good on him. He was able to do that. But it's just underwhelming to say the least. I'm with you 100%. This All-Star Weekend needs to be completely revamped. I don't know how they're going to do it because to me, this is really kind of on the players because the players aren't showing that much of a willingness to actually go out there and compete at a semi-competitive level. And unless it takes something like, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, the only time I've actually seen guys compete at a high level in the All-Star game was the year where Kobe died. And it was because they were doing it in honor of him because of the competitive spirit that he brought to the game when he was playing. But it's been a couple years since then. It's kind of just gone back to status quo. And I don't think it's going to change for the better anytime soon. So the NBA, I I know they put on these festivities every year. But to me, it's just a money grab. And I don't understand why people would actually go out of their way, spend money to watch these athletes compete at like 50 to 75% effort. To me, I don't think it's worth it. That's why I don't really watch it anymore. And... If I do want to watch it, I'll just watch the highlights after the fact. Because by and large, the NBA All-Star festivities have largely become irrelevant because they're just not exciting anymore. And it's unfortunate because they used to be exciting when I was growing up. And they've just deteriorated to a point where it's a non-factor for me. and We barely even pay attention to it anymore. So all in all, I'm, I'm disappointed. And there's no other way I can really say it. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean I'm, I, that's really everything I have too, man. I just it it's it pains me to see some of the most exciting activities from our childhood in major sports fall apart. I mean, the Pro Bowl used to be uh, after the Super Bowl, yeah. where everybody participated. So it was yeah. like Super Bowl champion or not, like everybody had fun, everybody competed. It was just talking trash, talking smack, some hard hits and some taps here and there, and then uh, NBA All Star game. Bro, people were going at it for the All-Star Game MVP. I mean, Kobe Bryant in particular, him and Shaq at one point were beefing to the point where they ended up having co-MVPs. Like, Mm -hmm. this shit used to actually be so much fun. And now it's just like people just throwing up shots, open lanes for windmill dunks. Like, there's no skill or competition to get by somebody. It's like there's no challenge to defend somebody. Like, oh, I saw you two weeks ago. Remember when you dunked on me? I'm coming at you now at this off. You know what I'm saying? Like, for God's sakes... Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose by accident one year, and Kobe said he loved it. That's how much of a psychopath the man was. Like, RIP to the mob. He's like, he's, but he's like, I'll see you later, young buck. 
Exactly. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's like th- that intensity is no longer here. That that excitement is no longer around. And I mean, I will play devil's advocate in this one moment because I know I'm going to make myself seem a little hypocritical here. I see why they don't want to. Chris Paul broke his thumb this weekend. Now, Kyle and I were saying how he did that because he didn't partake in any of the festivities over the weekend, aside from maybe practice. But that could have happened at practice. Injuries that can make you miss significant time are that simple. He could have just been dribbling, not paying attention. A ball could have just came back on a rebound, jammed it, and broke it. Anything could have happened. But now Chris Paul is out six to eight weeks because he was just there. And I get it. There could be a significant ankle roll, an ACL tear. I mean, shit, we saw an ACL tear in the Super Bowl. Odell was running by himself, and he tore it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, these injuries could be non-contact, accidental, and then these players are asked out of millions of dollars. So once again, I truly and honestly get it. But to do this under 50%, I won't even agree with Kyle here. I think they're not even trying halfway as hard because the second the ball goes past them or it's it's any effort that involves sprinting, no one's going to run anymore. No one's going to chase after a ball. No one's going to stick a hand up if someone pulled up through 30, 40 feet. It, it is what it is. Yeah, it's just, you know, for me, you know, I was watching some of the highlights of the All-Star game as it was finishing up, and I'm watching Steph just absolutely light it up during the game, and I'm like, there's not a guy within three feet of him. I'm like, it's one thing. Like, if you're competing at, like, 80, 85% effort. I'm not asking you to go balls to the wall crazy in a competitive nature in the All-Star game. I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for guys to be beefing during the All-Star game. That's not what it's meant for. But there has to be a minimum threshold where the level of competition is satisfying to everybody who's watching because that's the reason why you go to these games. You go to see all of these great players have the opportunity to compete against one another. And honestly, it is the players that have taken the fun out of it because Kevin, we've talked about this before. I think with players in the past, I think the one thing that they always kept in the back of their mind was, yeah, we might be friends, but when we hit the court, bro, that's my job. And no matter, you know, what sort of personal relationship or personal friendship that I have with the players that are on the court, I'm going to ball. I'm going to do what I need to do to get our team a win. And I think what's been replaced by that is that the personal relationship that these guys have established is the priority now. And they're not going to risk, you know, losing friends over something as far as being competitive in essentially an exhibition game. But it, that's the point. That's really the point that I want to make, though, is that once you have that element of competition pretty much taken out of the All-Star game, it's not really worth watching anymore because the competitiveness between the different teams is just non-existent. Yeah. And then once you have that, it's like it's the same thing in the Pro Bowl. It's not worth watching anymore. Now, the Pro Bowl is a little bit different because they're actually still like wearing pads and they're still making tackles. In the NBA, you don't have that. But they've largely just become sideshows. And honestly, the way that it's going, this is just going to be a meme moving forward with the All-Star game, with the Pro Bowl, with really kind of like these All-Star festivities, no matter what sport it is. Maybe hockey is a little bit different. Even though hockey, they're probably playing it, you know, not 
like a hundred percent speed. It, it's just not the same, you know. It's I know it's unfortunate, but I don't really see I don't see it changing anytime soon. And as you know, these new generation of players come into the fold, it's just going to be more of the same. And it's probably going to get to the point where they're just going to do away with it. They're probably just say the NBA will probably just establish something like, okay, we're going to take a week off. You guys could rest, recover, and instead of hosting an all-star festivity at some arena in some city, we're just going to say, all right, you made the all-star, you get a jersey, like you said, or like a pin that you got recognized as a member of an all-star selection. And we'll just move forward with that. And then after that week is over, then you start the second half of the season. That's where it's probably going to go to at some point. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there, but with the way that this all-star thing is going in, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen the TV ratings from this yet, but they're probably going to be abysmal. Yep, more than likely. But but, but the only reason why that the NBA is still going to host these all-star competitions is that people are still going to them. People are still paying money to go see them. I that's would the never. Problem. It's a waste of time. It's an absolute waste of time. But you're not going to see me spend hundreds of dollars to watch these guys. Thousands, maybe. Yeah, depending on where you bro, courtside seats, tens of thousands. I'm not it's doing corny, that. dude. This is fact. I'm not wasting my money on that. Absolutely not. But, you know, good to the guys that made the all-star rosters. I mean, I, I got to give them credit. You know, those guys deserve to be there. So, and I'm glad that they were able to get some time off because, let's face it, you know, when these guys are competing for six, seven, eight months, you need a break. And I don't think we disagree about that. Like, when you're no, competing at that, high, that, at that high of a level, you need a break. So I'm glad that these guys were able to enjoy themselves a little bit. You know, however we feel about the All-Star game is one thing. But to say that these guys, you know, don't deserve a break, that's a little bit too harsh. I I think that they've earned that. So I'm glad that they had fun. But it is kind of a detriment. It's really kind of a disservice to the fans knowing that they're just there to kind of just goof around. But it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Kevin, we're going to... transition into some college basketball for a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, th- this is something that took place over the weekend um, between uh, Michigan and Wisconsin. Kevin, I'll let you take the floor from here. So, guys, obviously we're not too heavily invested into our college basketball analysis. But in this particular case, we could not avoid this one. There was no not talking about it. So the head coach of Michigan men's basketball is Jawan Howard, former NBA player, former NBA champion, as well as former Michigan Wolverine player as well. So Jawan Howard actually ended up taking a a swipe at a the assistant. Uh, 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 no, yeah, but it wasn't close fisted, so I don't want to say a swing. It was, it was like a slap. It was like it was like it was like this. It was it was it was it was, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what I'm getting at here is he takes a swing at the assistant coach, a scuffle ends up breaking out, and there's this massive narrative that's coming out of this in the media saying that Juwan Howard needs to be fired. They're saying a suspension is imminent regardless, which Kyle and I agree with. It's a physical – there was no reason to make that a physical altercation. However, for a man to lose his job over this was just a little bit silly, and for that speculation to go that far just seems a little odd. So, I mean, Kyle – what are your first impressions on this particular incident, and how do you feel that Michigan should handle it? Well, first of all, Jawan Howard is going to be suspended from this situation that took place in Wisconsin. 
Now, to provide a little bit of a backstory, Michigan was losing this game to Wisconsin by double digits late in the second half. And under a minute to go, Wisconsin had two timeouts. And after one of their players hit a three-point shot with about 40 seconds to go, Wisconsin called a timeout. They subbed out their starters. They put in some of their bench players. And you would think that they would just kind of play out the last 40 seconds of the game and the game would come to an end. Well, with about 10, 15 seconds left, Wisconsin calls another timeout because the coach for Wisconsin was saying that he didn't want to put his backups in a position where they actually had to play defense with like 10 seconds to go. Honestly, it was probably even less than that. So that's where basically this whole thing started. That's when Juwan Howard was getting frustrated. Now, once the game came to a close, both teams lined up for handshakes. And when Juwan Howard and the Wisconsin coach met, there was an altercation that took place. And essentially, I'm actually quoting Juwan here. Juwan told the Wisconsin coach, you know, get the fuck away from me. And then it led to a scrum. And then it got to a point where people were shoving, people were pushing each other. And Juwan took a swipe at one of the assistants for Wisconsin. And and then it kind of played out for another 60 seconds or so. And then everybody separated and then they went into the locker rooms. So when I look at this situation from a whole, when I look at Wisconsin first, I don't understand why their coach is calling two timeouts in a 45-second window when the game is clearly over. Wisconsin was not up like four or five points with 45 seconds to go. They were up 14 to 15 points. This is a double-digit lead over Michigan. And I understand what the coach was saying. It was like he didn't want to put his bench players in a position where they had to play defense. I'm like, what difference does it make? The game is over. Just go out and play the last... 10, 15 seconds without calling another timeout, you'll be fine. You've already got the win. And then when that second timeout was called, I can understand Juwan's frustration about them kind of playing it out longer than it needed to be. Because at that point, Wisconsin already had the game won. And at that point, Juwan felt like they were delaying the inevitable for whatever reason at the time. Now, to flip it to the Michigan side of things, as far as Juwan Howard is concerned, Juwan overreacted. This is not a situation that should have escalated to the point that it did. This should have been a situation that should have been addressed in the locker room after the game. You do your handshakes, you go back into your locker room, and if you want to discuss it there, then you do that in a private setting. But you know when Juwan is getting, I won't say physical, but is starting to escalate the situation verbally to the Wisconsin coach, that's when things started getting out of hand. And when it comes to the hand swipe that he had against the assistant, that's uncalled for. Juwan should know better than that. But it's not like I don't understand his frustration behind it. I do understand that. It's just that I believe that he overreacted. Now, as far as what the punishment should be, there are people saying that Juwan Howard should be fired from this. I think that is way over the top. If you want to fire him, should probably fire him over the fact that he has a 14-11 and 11 record this season. It's not that impressive. But when it comes to this as the single incident that should get him fired, I think it's an overreach. Was it wrong? Yes. Does he deserve to be fired from this? No. When it comes to his job as far as you know whether or not Michigan's a competent team this year, that's another story. But when it comes to this individual incident, he was wrong. He deserves to be, he deserves to be suspended from this. But fired is too far of a stretch for me. I know a lot of people are making these 
insane headline saying that he needs to go immediately from this. He needs to be dismissed. I don't think that that should happen. I think Jawan should be suspended for how long? I don't really know. A couple games, maybe. Some people are saying that he should be suspended for the entire year. I think this is a little bit too much of a stretch for me. I think he deserves some games. But for the rest of the year, nah. I think that's too far for me. But overall, it was a fracas that, that spilled out onto the court. And honestly, it should have never happened in the first place. The Wisconsin coach had a part in it, but Jawan escalated it to a point where it didn't need to go. And now you have the situation where Jawan's job could potentially be on the line, but I don't think it should be. He should be suspended, but not fired. This is how I see it. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about sports here. Emotions are always going to fly. Tempers are always going to run wild. In a situation like that, as a coach, as a former player himself, he has to understand the frustration of, what the hell are you calling timeout for? This game's over. Why are you making my players stand here longer? Why are you making us sit here knowing that we just lost uh, a game in which we're not looking good this year? You know, a conference game, an in-conference game, should I say, excuse me. But, like, why are we sitting here making it out to be Jawan Howard is this toxic, inappropriate coach? He comes from a great history in the NBA. He comes from a great university in Michigan, obviously, with him being the head coach of his former team. But now you're going to just because he reacted in a way that he was disrespected in which he reported he also was pushed first. So he was merely retaliating or defending himself, if you really want to put it in those you know, those terms, but firing for this incident? I I mean, I I don't necessarily see it as justifiable, but then again, it's 2022 and everybody in the world is overly sensitive over the dumbest things. So, I mean, I've seen people suspended for trivial things, just saying things to the media that were inappropriate, inappropriate. And then you're going to sit here and fire a man because he was defending himself. I just, to me, it doesn't seem right in any capacity. I agree with Kyle. Suspension is definitely eminent because there's no reason to strike somebody over something like this, frustrated, maybe say some words, have a discussion, maybe a couple of inappropriate words if you were to throw out a couple of curse words or whatever. It's fine. It's sports. It happens. But when you go out there and you make contact with somebody, it's more than likely going to lead you to be put in a situation that where your team is going to be uh, at a disadvantage. And by, in this case, Michigan's probably going to lose their head coach for a couple of games. And I hope that that's the worst of it. But if it's anything further – I just think it's silly, man. It's just, these these things happen. These tempers will flare. And again, it's sports. For you to think that things are going to be perfect all year, every year, and there's going to be no issues, it's not, it doesn't exist. But I get it. A coach has to be held to a higher standard. So, I mean, I'm, like I said, I just hope Jawan doesn't lose his job. I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches lose their cool in moments. I mean, for God's sakes, Bobby Knight made it a career of that. I mean, yeah. I mean he's, throwing, he's throwing chairs. He's cussing out refs. I mean, cussing out. Other teams' players. I mean, this is not that, that was nothing new for Bobby Knight. But when it comes to Jawan Howard, when it came to this situation in particular, when the, when he and the Wisconsin head coach came face to face during the handshakes, I mean, I don't want to say that Jawan got up in his grill. I think it was the assistant coach. It w- it was one of the it was one of the coaches. I, yeah, because it says assistant coach in the article I'm reading. Well, whatever the case may be. He struck one of the assistants. Yeah. He struck the assistant. But when he met face-to-face with the coach during the handshakes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My bad. I missed yeah. I miss, I miss Red. Yeah. But with that one, basically what happened was is that the Wisconsin coach tried to actually do the handshake. And then Jawan tried to walk past it. Like, he didn't really want to acknowledge it. And then that's when I think the Wisconsin coach was like, what's going on? It's like trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the matter? 
And that's when Jawan kind of got big. Was like trying to like make like, I don't want to make a show of it, but it was like trying to make a point. It's like, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to yeah. remember what you did there. And um, he didn't take kind to that. And I mean, at that point, it just, it just, yes. I mean, it just got out of control. Now, has, is it like the worst thing that I've seen? No. On a scale of one to 10 is like this being like the worst thing ever on the worst thing ever. This is like a two. This was nothing. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, players have thrown punches at one another and have received less game suspensions than what Jawan Howard's going to potentially get. I mean, there are scrums, there are fights that take place all the time, and players may only get like a game or two, maybe at most five. But for people to go out there and say that Jawan needs to be fired over this, I, I think that's insane. Suspended, yes, but fired, no. If you want to make a point about him potentially getting fired, you could probably make it a point about Michigan's record this year. Michigan is not that good of a team this year. They are over 500, but they're 14 and 11. And they got waxed by Wisconsin in the second half of that game. Because going into halftime, it was tied 31 to 31. And Wisconsin really kind of gave them the business in the second half. So, you know, if you want to judge Jawan Howard's competency as a coach, you look at his record. I think if you just look at this one single incident, and say that he deserves to be fired from this. I think it's a little bit short-sighted. When you look at the bigger picture of like what he's done as a coach the last couple of years, and in this season in particular, then you kind of make more of a credible point. It's like, is he the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land as far as Michigan is concerned for their basketball program? That's a better observation than just looking at this incident and saying, yeah, he deserves to get fired. Just based off of that, like we, that's unacceptable. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong, what he did was wrong. But to solely base a firing off of that, no, no, that's just how I see it, though. Yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is. We're only going to find out what happens in the coming days when we get a ruling, I guess, from Michigan and see what they decide. So, yeah, so fingers I, crossed. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think, well, what could happen is that Michigan may have like their own internal investigation. Yeah. They may levy a suspension from him internally, but the Big Ten is going to come down uh, with the suspension within like the next day or two. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it if it you know comes out Monday afternoon or at the latest Tuesday. So, but he's going to get some games. He's going to get. Yeah, some it'll be games. it'll be quick from the NCAA, but obviously, um, you know, internally, I'm just curious to see what Michigan decides to do. Time will tell, though, but. What we're going to do is we are going to kick it back to the NBA a little bit. This was something that Kevin and I, we were kind of debating on whether or not to talk about. So there had been a report from Chris Broussard. Apparently he had been conversing with a source in some NBA circles that was saying that Pat Riley, who's the president for the Miami Heat, would be open to trading for Anthony Davis, and he would send Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler to L.A. in the trade. Now, on face value, it seems kind of difficult to believe, but it was really starting to get some traction on social media throughout the weekend, and a lot of people were chiming in, as we'll chime in in a second. But the basic trade offer is this. Anthony Davis would go to the Miami Heat, 
in exchange for Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, they'd go to the Lakers. Now, Kevin, to kick this one to you, if this rumor is true in regards to Anthony Davis to Miami for Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, what do you make of this possible trade scenario in the offseason upcoming? Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, are what what brain cells do you have to lose to trade your two best players for a man that has not been able to stand on the court for longer than a week in this season? On what planet do you lose a veteran presence like Jimmy Butler? On what planet do you lose your versatile big man who can actually step out, shoot the ball, and play A1 uh, all-defensive defense, who can guard one through five? In what world do all you get back is Anthony Davis? No picks? No other Lakers acquisition? No, 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 nothing? You're just, you're just going to sit here and tell me I'm just going to trade you a broken bag of fucking shit here, and I'm just going to go and send out my two best players. Like, whoever this came from is absolutely ridiculously out of their mind. Like, there's, there's, there's no shot. Like, maybe Pat was drunk. Maybe Pat was joking or sarcastic and someone took it as serious maybe someone misheard the conversation because i don't see pat riley one of the best executives in the league going out there and saying yeah i'll just take anthony davis and send out my two best players like what like kyle and i were talking about this we were laughing because this just for Kyle's team, obviously being a Laker fan, if this were to even remotely be possible, Kyle's saying hit the fucking trade button right now. Like this is this is laughable even on 2K. Like a 2K GM wouldn't allow this to happen. Why would Pat Riley? How does this make Miami better? They're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And what world does this improve their their chances of winning an NBA championship? They lose a big, Anthony Davis is hurt, and they lose a prime defender in Jimmy Butler, who's actually hooping for them this season, might I add. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This could arguably go down as one of the worst trade rumors in NBA history. And I think that the person that reported this needs to stop doing whatever it is that they do off, offline, outside of work, and, and seek some help. Because this, this – this, Kyle, you go. This is stupid. Well, yeah, apparently this, apparently this rumor came from Chris Broussard. And I got to be 100% honest. This rumor on face value is – Outright ridiculous. For me, though, as a Lakers fan, I'd be giddy about this one. Oh, my God. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler added to the Lakers? Talk about a lineup that would consist of LeBron James, Bam Adebayo, and, and Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God. That'd be great. I'd be so happy about that. But it would never happen. It's like you said, Kevin. Th- like This wouldn't even happen in 2K. And the way that I look at it is, why would you even trade... Bam at a bio for Anthony Davis. You know Anthony Davis's injury history. For God's sakes, the guy's been in and out of the lineup halfway, pretty much half of the season already. And he just re-injured his ankle against the Utah Jazz last week. Granted, AD is a great player when he's healthy, but you can't rely on him long-term because you know throughout the course of an 82-game season, He's probably going to miss a minimum of 25 games. And the maximum is either the entire season or he's going to miss half the season. So somewhere in between that, he's going to miss the entire season and about half of the season. And then to give up pretty much one of the best two-way players in the league in Jimmy Butler. Why? Jimmy Butler 
was essentially the sole reason that the Miami Heat made an NBA Finals appearance when they were playing in the bubble two years ago because he was literally putting that team on his back. Granted, Bam was doing his thing as well, but Jimmy was playing lights out. And when he's been on the court, granted, he's dealt with some injury issues as well. Jimmy's been one of the better players in the league. I don't know why you would give that up unless the only situation where Miami may be thinking about moving on from them is if Miami gets bounced out of like the first round of the playoffs. Then that's something I consider is like, well, is this team reaching its maximum potential? Because if they're getting bounced out potentially early in the playoffs, then I could understand maybe some trade possibilities opening up. But with this rumor, as far as Anthony Davis in exchange for Jimmy and Bam, bro, who's ever doing that? Whoever came up with that idea or that rumor is probably smoking crack because on face value, it's insane. It's asinine. And even though that I would be happy about that trade option, if it were to happen as a Lakers fan, it's not going to happen. And that's why, Kevin, I'm with you 100%. Whoever came up with this, (laughs) they got to find some help because there's no way it's going to happen. There's just no way. It's not going to happen. Literally continuing to read the article, and Chris Broussard is defending this. Like, he's literally saying, I would do that if he were Pat Riley. Because Anthony Davis is averaging more points, more rebounds. I get it statistically. I get that. How how does that make sense? You are a professional NBA beat writer, reporter, whatever it is title you want to hold, and are respected across multiple networks in multiple leagues because he also does some NFL news too. How in God's name – are you going to say you're taking this deal knowing AD is older, AD is more injury prone, and AD's contract is bigger than them? And wh- how can you even guarantee this would make Miami better? You're literally losing two good defenders, and you're losing your anchor in the locker room in Jimmy Butler. Like, you don't even know if AD is going to mesh well with the team and Kyle Lowry. Like the the dynamic with Miami is that they're all tight knit. You're going to break that up for the potential of a label all star. He hasn't been a fucking all star consistently all year because of his injuries, and you're going to take the gamble because he has the title all star. Who the fuck cares? You're no. doing great now with what you have. This the old saying goes, Kyle. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What you the know, hell you want to blow up this team for? You know. You know the thing is because here's the thing. You know, when it comes to some of these guys doing the reporting and as far as their sources are concerned, you have to kind of judge your sources with a grain of salt. Because to me, when I look at this, this source, whoever it was, and I don't know who it is that Chris Bessard has a source from, this is a gaslight type of story. This is like, I heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody else. Like, there's no way on face value that this story seems true it just it doesn't seem like that this like if it was like let's say for example if they wanted to make like a jimmy butler not a jimmy butler and anthony davis for bam out of bio trade and it was just that that would be a little bit more realistic because you're trading a big for a big that i could kind of that's not a bridge too far for me to see but when you're going to trade ad for bam and jimmy two of them no 
I think you would have to package like a like a Bam and Duncan Robinson because AD does still have, unfortunately, that All Star title. And if when he does decide to play, he's still somebody that's going to put up exponential numbers. But two All Stars for one, no. But But but, definitely like Bam and another player for sure. But 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 my thing is, it's like when you look at the situation, you know, AD's health is always an issue. I mean, it's always that. But you're going to sit here and tell me that you're just going to look past that and possibly make a move like that? It's like you said, Pat Riley knows better. Pat Riley's smarter than this. He would. There's no way that he would take that on face value if it was just Anthony Davis for those two guys. Now, if you throw in some picks, you throw in some draft capital, whatever, you could make that trade package a little bit better. But as is, as those three main pieces, bro, you'd have to be smoking crack. You'd have to be smoking crack, bro. Like... There's no way. And the thing is, even if AD was that enticing of a trade piece, you'd have to think there'd be some sort of recency bias knowing on the fact that he can't stay healthy for three stri- three weeks at a time. I mean, if the guy goes a month without getting healthy, I mean, God bless the guy. He just can't stay healthy. And even despite the fact that he could put up good numbers when he's on the court, he's just not there half the time. I know Charles Barkley said it, Time and time again. But Anthony Street Close Davis, that is really like the biggest thing that has stood out about his career so far outside of being an NBA champion. Because he makes one move or one bad cut, he's out for a month. It's just it's just crazy. It's just crazy that the story got such traction on social media. But but that's how no social way. media is, man. It's not they gonna see happen. A name, bro. It ain't they gonna see happen. A potential, then they see it from Chris Bruce. Oh my god, it's gonna happen. Oh my god, I can't believe this actually was the thing that was it potentially gonna, gonna. Do you know how many rumors are probably around the league over the course of a full season that just don't hit the surface? And if we were to hear half of them, people would just explode with the possibility. I mean, the the Russell Westbrook going to New York trade didn't surface until after the deadline. And the only reason that surfaced was because the Knicks said no. The Knicks were smart to say no. But that's the funny part. Half of these rumors never hit the actual fresh air and reveal themselves until it's irrelevant. So, I mean, for this to even hit the surface now, it's just gaining traction because it's All-Star Weekend. Exactly. And and listen, sometimes you need to generate some headlines outside of just the All-Star game taking place in Cleveland. But this one, bro, there's no shot. There's no fucking shot. I'm sorry. It, doesn't, it just it doesn't make sense. And with I that, would means, be, but 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 don't get this lost in translation. I'd be so happy if this happened. I oh agreed. As for for you as a Laker fan, it's a, it's a hundred percent a win. There's no the, medium. There's the, no the, differentiating. That the, is, the, you get better. You're good. The, this would be like the uh, the Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol trade. I mean, that's how easily. Th- this would probably be this on steroids. Oh yeah, that'd be nuts. You know, you know but I we'll see what happens, but. As far as putting like a percentage on this actually happening, it's zero. Zero. It's not going to. Zero. But it's always fun to talk about, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, with that said, we are going to transition to the NFL for our last two topics. Uh, The first one we're going to focus on is Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson has been in the headlines the last couple days or so. There's been some intrigue from some teams around the league about his status coming up this season. As I think most of you know at this point, Deshaun Watson is still going through a legal case where he has over 20 women accusing him of sexual misconduct as far as him doing inappropriate things during these masseuse 
appointments that he scheduled with these women. Uh, that is still ongoing. We don't really have a definitive answer on where that case stands. I believe that there's some sort of civil hearing taking place this week. That's pretty Tomorrow. much all that we have. So, you know, we'll kind of keep our ears open on that. But even despite that, we've got teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Minnesota Vikings interested in Deshaun Watson. And we do have the entire offseason to kind of see how things play out. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward in regards to Deshaun Watson. But Kevin, to kick this one to you, with teams like the Buccaneers and the Vikings interested in Deshaun Watson, do you believe that it's worth the risk for these teams to go after Deshaun this offseason? Well, it's weird because the two teams that are interested in him, to me, don't necessarily make a lot of sense. Minnesota's got Kirk Cousins left, and they got about $45 million owed to him this year. They still have a pretty crappy offensive line. Their defense is pretty shitty. I mean, granted, they have a great offense in Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and a litany of other younger players that make that offense enticing. But for Deshaun to find interest in there, knowing that there's not a lot of cap space and knowing that the defense is just as shitty as Houston's, doesn't make any sense to me. He would literally be going from one scrub organization to another in which he would absorb most of the contract just like Kirk does. So they wouldn't be able to build around him. Tampa is going to end up losing a lot of players this offseason because Tom's gone. Chris Godwin more than likely is gone. JPP is receiving interest from other organizations and teams. Carlton Davis is receiving offers from other teams. Like, why would you want to go to a dying organization? Like, no disrespect to Tampa, but their window has probably closed. Unless Tom comes out of retirement and decides to make another run in it in Tampa, but we'll talk about Tom in the next segment, um, I don't necessarily see Tampa as anything as a threat. But you put Deshaun Watson in there, maybe Chris Godwin decides to stay. Maybe JPP takes a pay cut decides to stay. Maybe Carlton Davis says, you know what, we have another linear all-star potential quarterback. Maybe I'll stay. But Houston's got to make a decision here by the March deadline. I believe it's the 17th, 18th, or 19th. I don't remember. It's the same deadline that the Colts would have to pay Carson Wentz. Because once that day hits, Houston has to pay Deshaun Watson a, a shit ton of money. This is the year that his contract goes from his, not his rookie deal, but I believe his first extension, to this big money extension to where he's getting over $30 million. So I don't necessarily know why these two teams would do it. But I do believe, depending on how tomorrow's civil suit meeting goes, I would say that he is worth the risk because technically he was never on the NFL commissioner's exempt list, and he technically could have played a snap this year if Houston wanted him to. He was never suspended at any point. All of these cases were still pending. The trials were still pending. All of this stuff is still pending. So if he wanted to suit up, technically he could. So – as long as this civil suit stuff this continues to go the way that it's going, again, I'm not saying that he's right or that what he did to those women is right or anything of that nature. But from an NFL standpoint, if you're trying to revitalize a season or, or you know a team like Minnesota is, or if you're trying to keep the band together like Tampa is, then by all means, you definitely go for it all in. You, I mean, you, you have to find a way to make your team better. And to me, Deshaun Watson is a massive improvement. It's got the arm strength, the accuracy, the mobility, the leadership in the locker room. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a phenomenal generational player at the quarterback position. So for these two teams, it makes sense to a certain extent. But like I said, each team has their kind of, you know, cons to signing a Deshaun Watson because at the end of the day, he's a major cap hit anywhere he goes. Well, and that's the point that I was going to bring up. And as far as 
he worth it as far as the risk is? I don't think so. And this has nothing to do with his ongoing legal case outside of football. I look at it from a contractual standpoint. I mean, what the guy's making this year is going to be a big cap hit for whoever decides to sign him if that or whoever decides to pick him up in a trade. Because the way that I see it is, let's say for the Vikings, for example. You know, you had Kirk Cousins last year. Kirk Cousins statistically had one of his best seasons in his entire career with the Vikings last year. And despite that, the Vikings didn't make the playoffs. Now, Deshaun Watson, who missed a year of football, if they were to trade for him, you'd be trading for a guy that hasn't played in a year, more than likely is going to get suspended by the NFL with their personal conduct policy for the length of time we don't really know. And when you tie in the cap hit on top of that, that would really kind of disincentivize Minnesota from really making that move because, first of all, they have a guy who's more current in Kirk Cousins who actually played at a solid level last year compared to Deshaun Watson, who missed an entire year. And even though despite the fact that he's a um, he's an amazing athlete, nobody can deny that. Inconsistent in Houston. But when he was there, he was able to get those teams into playoff positions. So I will give him credit for that. But missing a year, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a dry spell for him to come back as far as, you know, instantly getting back into gear as far as his NFL career goes. Now with Tampa, and Tampa's really kind of in a desperate situation here. Tom's gone. I don't believe he's coming back uh, to Tampa. If he were to come back uh, in the NFL next year, it would probably be in San Francisco. But I think that Tampa experiment has come to an end. Tampa needs a quarterback. Now, I think it is probably more enticing for them to go after Deshaun because they have such a void at the quarterback spot. Right now on their roster, they have Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask as their best options at the quarterback spot. So for them, I think Deshaun Watson is definitely more of an intriguing piece for them to add on despite the fact that he has a huge cap hit because he is by far and away a better option than what Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask could provide for Tampa next season. I don't care what anybody said. If Blaine Gabbert actually gets a start next year for Tampa, that really kind of goes to show how fast Tampa's going to fall. But you put in Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson could definitely make that team exciting. But the biggest thing with Tampa is, if they were to take on that cap hit, who are they going to be able to bring back? They could bring back maybe some pieces, They'd probably get them, they'd have to get them at a reduced price just because Deshaun's cap hit is going to deter a lot of guys from getting the money that they actually want. So Tampa would have to get lucky to really retain some of their key assets. And even if they were, there's still going to be a lot of turnover on that roster. There are going to be guys that were pivotal for that two year stretch that Tampa was on with Tom Brady there that are no longer going to be there. And I think when you tie in those factors, I think Tampa could be an outside shot to make a playoff run. But you'd have to assume, like I did with the Minnesota uh, hypothesis, that Tampa probably could be without Deshaun for six to eight games, depending on how the NFL handles the personal conduct aspect of a Deshaun Watson suspension, if that were to happen. So do I think it's worth it? I don't think it's worth it for the Vikings. I think they have a good thing going with Kirk there. I think they should stay put. But as far as Tampa is concerned, 
I think it's more enticing for them. I think it's probably worth pursuing if Houston was open to the option of trading him. And who knows? We'll see what happens. But I think Tampa, out of the two teams, is the one I'd be looking at for sure. Yeah, no, I just it's weird that the news is starting to surface now. Um, I get it. And, you know, the NFL offseason, there's a bunch of stuff like we just talked about with the NBA that has probably been talked about for months that is now coming to the surface because ain't nothing else to talk about, not to mention there's no games to watch. So, of course, things like this are just going to circle themselves and find their ways to hit the surface. But overall, um, I am curious to see where this goes for more reasons than one. I mean, I was a big Deshaun Watson fan before these cases started to come out, so I know that his character is in question. But I would be curious to see, one, if he gets out of my division, thank God. Uh, And then, two... I would want to see him succeed. I mean, he did so good in college. And again, if these cases end up to come out to be not false, but not to the degree in which everyone is putting it out to be, I wouldn't mind him to be successful. I wouldn't mind him going to a team in which he would do well in. You feel bad when a player like Deshaun Watson goes to a shit team like the Houston Texans. So once again, we'll see what happens and only time will tell. Yeah, and and that's really kind of where things stand. Honestly, all of it's kind of dependent on this trial that's taking place as far as this civil suit is concerned i imagine there's going to be a, a settlement at the end of the day it's usually how these things go sean's probably gonna to have to pay a, a decent portion of money to these women more than likely but we'll kind of just see how this whole thing goes but that's really kind of the first domino to fall and then once that falls then everything will kind of fall into place after that but you know definitely it's a definitely an interesting story there's no doubt about it And we'll definitely keep an eye on it moving forward. Now, for the last segment, Kevin's a Brady one. You take it from here. So, there have been a lot of talks, a lot of different reports coming out that Tom's not done. Tom even said it himself, I wouldn't rule it out as we get closer to the season. Now, there have been speculation that there's issues in Tampa. Him and Bruce Arians had problems to where Bruce declined that, that, that possibility. But... There have been rumors that Tom would want to play at home. Tom is from California. He grew up a 49ers fan, a Joe Montana fan. Everybody thought he was going to go to San Francisco when he was making a decision two years ago on where he was going to play after New England, and he ended up choosing Tampa. But anyway, the latest in this saga is that Tampa is interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Contractually, both quarterbacks are locked into next year if Tom were decided to come out of retirement. So – There is more here that is gaining uh, traction, like I said, for this to become more of a possibility and a reality. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the possibility of Tom Brady returning home to play for the 49ers? Kevin, I'm 100% about it. If Tom Brady hits the field, you know where I'm going to be watching on Sundays. I'm going to be watching that guy play. I think it would be great just because he would get that homecoming year with the 49ers. I don't know if he would play after Next year, I think it would be kind of indicative of how the team would play if Brady were there. But I look at it like this. If Brady's on that San Francisco 49ers roster next year, that team is an instant Super Bowl contender. Very similar to what Tampa was when he went to the Buccaneers just a couple years ago. They instantly became a Super Bowl contender, not just because of Tom, but because of the roster that they had around Tom. I mean, look at the roster that the 49ers had this year. They got to an NFC championship appearance with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Jimmy's not the most impressive quarterback, but when you have playmakers like Debo Samuel, 
You have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle. You have a solid running back core. Granted, they always are hurt or they just find ways to get hurt, which is unfortunate. But you have a loaded offense to work with at your disposal in San Francisco. And not only that, San Francisco's defense is absolutely outstanding. They have a great up-and-coming linebacker in Fred Warner, who's probably one of the most dynamic linebackers in the NFL. They have a great pass rush with their front four. And that defense was really the driving factor of that team to get all the way to the NFC Championship. And damn near got to a Super Bowl this year. You put Tom in that situation compared to Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers not only probably go to the Super Bowl, they probably have a very good shot to win the Super Bowl just because that's the difference that Tom Brady presents when he's on a roster like that. So, you know, as we all know right now, Tom is retired, even though he hasn't officially like sent in his retirement papers to the NFL claiming that he is. So this door is still propped open about him possibly coming back next year. Now, going into the season, he would be 45. And he has always stated that he would play until he's 45 years old. And Kevin, he's coming off of a year where he put MVP-type numbers, where he put up 43 touchdowns to 12 interceptions and threw for 5,300 yards, led the league in passing yards, completions, and touchdowns at 44. So it's not like Tom is like, you know, on his last leg, He's going to the 49ers as like this last hurrah for his career. Like Tom could go to the 49ers as one of the best quarterbacks, arguably the best quarterback in the league despite his age, which is insane to me. You put Tom on that team, it would be an exciting team to watch. I mean, the team was already exciting to begin with, knowing the fact that they got so close to the Super Bowl this year. I just think that This is something that Tom's definitely considering. Granted, he hasn't come out and said anything publicly about the San Francisco 49er rumor. But for me as a Tom Brady fan, I would love this. I think it would be great football to watch. And I think it puts the 49ers into great contention next year. And Kevin, I'll let you have it from here. Man, we already know this. I'm not a fan. I respect the fact that he's the GOAT. I respect the fact that he holds all records of importance for NFL quarterbacks. I mean, I said it on our segment. He is the greatest athlete of all time. But enough is enough. I need you to stay retired so that you don't get another damn Super Bowl. So I got to hear Kyle talk about it on another segment and on another episode, another text message or fucking phone call. Since we've become friends, I've heard enough about Tom Brady and the goddamn doing the Patriots. I get it. The Patriots are his team. I wouldn't expect it any less because I still talk about the Colts even though we suck. But, dude, you're 44. Your kids are getting older. Stay retired. Become a dad. Just just chill, man. Just let, let the 49ers figure it out, you know? Look at it this way. They didn't fight for you hard enough when you were a free agent coming out of New England. So why the fuck are you pushing so hard to play for them now? Just chill. Kick back. You're a multimillionaire. You ladies are multimillionaire. Buy a home in San Francisco. Buy two homes in San Francisco if you don't already have them. You don't got to play again. Just chill. Listen. All right, now I'm being serious. Listen, if it happens, it's going to be nuts. Kyle already made the point. Debo's there. Nick Bosa's there. Kyle Shanahan's there. The offense and defense are there. You insert Tom over Jimmy, they go to the Super Bowl without a doubt. There's not even a remote residual question. The Rams repeat wouldn't even be close. Like, the NFC... West would be 
absolutely insane. If Russell stays, you have Russell Wilson, you have Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, and now Tom Brady. Bro, are you kidding me? That would be the most electrifying division by tenfolds, and it already was the best division in football. You just literally flop one or two teams in placement. The, the Cardinals would fall to shit in comparison to the 49ers. They already beat them twice. The Rams would probably lose both because both games ended up being a little bit closer than they needed to be. Wait, actually, the Rams did lose both, right? The 49ers? Yes, they did. So the, the 49ers were basically undefeated in their goddamn division this year, as it is. And they, 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 they played the best teams in the NFL. So it's like, what are we talking about right now? At 45? It doesn't matter his age. He's already doing it. At 45, going for Super Bowl eight. At 45, going for another MVP. <laughs> At 45, trying to bring his third championship to his third team. What the fuck is he, LeBron James? Like, this is absolutely insane. He would break NFL history because no quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl with three different teams. Another record he would have. If this happens, which in all honesty, if I'm being true to myself, I think is a very high possibility and very enticing. He goes home. Better team than Tampa right now on paper. And he gets paid. I'm not really seeing an issue here. I, like, I don't understand how this cannot happen. And the fact that Tampa is interested in a, a swap or just interested in Jimmy alone, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane how this could potentially fit in terms of reality. If Tampa would have come out and said we have no interest in signing Jimmy Garoppolo because Tampa has well, excuse me, San Francisco has to unload him and his contract to somebody, but now it makes it fair game if this does happen. Tom comes out of retirement, quarterback swap, probably some picks in between, some cash considerations, maybe some personnel, and Tom goes out to the West Coast and wins the Super Bowl. It's I, I'm just saying it's a legitimately like a fairy tale Cinderella story for Tom to end his career in his home state, in his favorite team that he watched growing up. I think it would be like a, a storybook ending. Listen, I, I'm not going to get overly excited as far as like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. This is a sure thing. No, it's absolutely no, going to happen. First of all, I got to see what this Man in Arena episode is that's dropping in April because he's had a nine-episode series so far on ESPN plus that has basically covered his entire career at this point. But the 10th and final episode of that series comes out in April. Why? It's going to, well, it's going to cover the Tampa part and oh. then it covers the retirement. And there was a preview of this, you know, retirement episode with his father where he said he was getting emotional as far as his father was about Tom possibly leaving the game. Which, by all accounts, could very well happen. Because maybe he doesn't want the perception of, I'm just a guy who's going to bounce around at the end. You know, when clearly it's it's getting to the point where it's just, he'd have to bounce around damn near every year. It's like, at that point, he'd be more like a mercenary for hire. As far as like, all right, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here. It's like, bro, like, I don't think Tom wants to go. It's the best like, description I come up with. It's hilarious. The but... No, I think as far as the possibility goes, I I would love it. I think it would be great. He gets that one year to play for the 49ers. I imagine he's still butthurt about the fact that they passed him up so many times in that draft. But 
with the roster that San Francisco has assembled, Kevin, you got to get excited about that. Because oh, that it's it's gonna be nuts. I mean, that would be that'd be incredible. And I think if he were to win that one, he's done. I think he'd be done. He's got to. He's got to say it right there in the interview. Tom Brady, you've just won your eighth Super Bowl. What are you playing next? I'm hanging it up. Like I would not be surprised. That would be like he would be like I'm finished. Yeah, because like at a certain point, it's like you know I understand that he has a competitive drive, unlike anybody else that I've ever seen in the NFL. But at what point it's like okay, I'm good. Like I've done it all. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the guy led the league in passing yards, in touchdowns, forty completions, like forty-four. Granted, I know he didn't win MVP, but it was like I, I don't know what else to say. The the dude's an alien. I mean, the the, the guys that are up and coming right now. I mean, th- this is the time for them to make a name of themselves. And yet, you still got the, you still got that guy, that guy right there, been in the league for basically as long as I've been alive. And he's showing them, y'all can't beat me. Like, I'm still that dude. And he still has the competitive fire, despite the fact that he's been in the NFL for half of his life. He's been in it for half of his life. It's crazy. And I just, I find that scenario really enticing. As a Brady fan, I'm like, bro, like, this is great. I'd love to see it. Give me a reason to actually watch the 49ers. And you know 100% that I'd be buying that 49ers jersey. 100%. So. Favorite player, why wouldn't you? Bro, I'm just saying. I'm I'm ready for the idea that it could happen, but I'm not going to get my hopes up too quick, though. So we'll take a little bit of a chill pill on this one. We'll let this one simmer for a little bit. And then we'll uh, we'll address it if it actually comes up. But I'm just on face value. It's interesting to say the least. Definitely interesting. And I know I know it pisses you off more than anything else if this guy were to come back and wreak fucking havoc once again. 23rd year, a Super Bowl. And you know what's gonna happen, bro. Bro, it, I'm just saying if that were to happen, I'm gonna be insufferable. I'm just aware. get ready for it. Just just get ready I'm for aware. it. That's all I'm gonna say. So it's okay. Okay. Just, I'm just, I'm just. I can see that. I can it, see that. Make it happen. Make it happen, please. Oh, that'd be so much fun. I get to rub it in your face all goddamn day. <laughs> oh God. But, Kev, I think, uh, I think we got them all, bro. I think we hit all of our topics, bro. I think so. You, uh, you're right over there. Oh yeah, you know, I got a little bit of allergies right now. I think it's just that time of year where sneezing a little bit more. A little bit congested, but all in all, bro, we'll be good. Be good. Well, so. well then, uh, you know, that about wraps it up for us then, guys. You know, as we say all the time, every single night, you know, uh, we appreciate all the support we've gotten from every single platform, whether you're new, recent, or current. Um, we really, really appreciate anything we can get. And uh, without you guys, we wouldn't be here. Continuing the advancement process as per usual. Um, we're looking to just get better and better, and we uh, we can't wait to produce ten times more for you guys, man. It's, it's been a fun ride for sure. Yeah, and it's like this is like Kevin and I say. I know I've kind of sound like a old record, broken record here, but 
you know, whether you guys listen to us on the audio platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. If you guys watch us on YouTube, uh, definitely appreciate you guys watching us. If you guys want to support the channel, hit that subscribe button. If you guys like the content, hit that like button below. Really, any sort of support that we can get for the channel, Kevin and I definitely appreciate that. And really just, you know, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I will have another episode for you guys later this week, so definitely stay tuned for that. And we'll see you guys later. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour.